0: Ah, you've returned. Wow. Hello. Hi, and welcome to Kraken's cabin. I have to admit, I am surprised you came back. Surprised and happy to see you return. Please, sit down. I've actually just finished making our drinks. So, don't mind Talia. The warmth of that fireplace will mean that she'll be sleeping for a few hours yet. And... knows the dreams of cats. But anyway, I digress. As I said, I wasn't actually sure if you'd return. When you applied for this job to attend a weekly session to keep an old man company as he shared bedtime stories, well, I wasn't sure if those tales would be to your liking. There have been other applicants, of course. Some, they couldn't find their way to follow the map, got lost in the woods, and just gave up wandered home again. Some others didn't actually enjoy horror stories or cared for the lessons they contain. You know, I actually had one applicant who even said he didn't like cats, even though it's mentioned very clearly in the advertisement. He said I should get rid of the... How did he phrase it? Scrawny bags. As you can imagine, the doors were locked pretty quickly behind him soon after that. But anyway, this cabin, everything in it, it was left to me by my uncle. He owned cats too. Although, any cat owner will tell you, there's very little ownership involved. There's actually a portrait of him upstairs in that library I told you of. The most beautiful black cat, sleeping by his feet. Portrait's so realistic, you can almost imagine the cat, just at any moment, will stand up, stretch turn in a little circle and lie down again before drifting back to sleep My uncle used to actually travel a lot too He collected stories strange maps of distant lands places I've never even heard of or seen on any map No matter where he went though there were always stories of animals and especially of cats I have one here for you in fact It's called The Cats of Ulthar* by H.P. Lovecraft So please, make yourself comfortable. And we'll begin. It is said that in Ulthar, which lies beyond the river sky, no man may kill a cat. And this I can verily believe as I gaze upon him who sitteth purring before the fire. For the cat is cryptic and close to strange things which men cannot see. He is the soul of Antique Egyptus, and bearer of tales from forgotten cities in Mero and Ophir. He is the kin of the jungle's lords, an heir to the secrets of Ori and sinister Africa. The Sphinx is his cousin, and he speaks her language. But he is more ancient than the Sphinx, and remembers that which he has forgotten. In Ulthar, before the Burgesses forbade the killing of cats, there dwelt an old cotter and his wife, who delighted to trap and slay the cats of their neighbours. Why they did this, I know not, save that many hate the voice of the cat in the night, and take it ill the cats should run stealthily about yards and gardens at twilight. But whatever the reason, this old man and woman took pleasure in trapping and slaying every cat which came near to their hovel. And from some of the sounds heard after dark, many villagers fancied that the manner of staying was exceedingly peculiar. But the villagers did not discuss such things with the old man and his wife, because of the habitual expression on the withered faces of the two, because their cottage was so small and so darkly hidden under the spreading oaks at the back of a neglected yard. In truth, much as the owners of cats hated these odd folk, they feared them more, and instead of berating them as brutal assassins, merely took care that no cherished pet or mouser should strike toward the remote hovel under the dark trees. When through some unavoidable oversight, a cat was missed, and sounds heard after dark. The loser would lament impotently, or console himself by thanking fate that it was not one of his children who had thus vanished. For the people of Ulthar were simple, and knew not whence at all cats first came. One day, a caravan of strange wanderers from the south entered the narrow cobbled streets of, of Ulthor. Dark wanderers they were, and unlike the other roving folk who passed through the village twice every year. In the marketplace they told fortunes for silver and brought small beads from the merchants. What was the land of these wanderers, none could tell. But it was seen that they were given the strange prayers and that they painted on the sides of their wagons strange figures with human bodies and the heads of cats, hawks, rams and lions. And the leader of the caravan wore a headdress with two horns and a curious disc twixt the horns. There was in the singular caravan a little boy with no father or mother, but only a tiny black kitten to cherish. The plague had not been kind to him, yet had left this small furry thing to mitigate his sorrow. And when one is very young, one could find great relief in the lively antics of a black kitten. So the boy, whom the people called Meanies, smiled more often than he wept, as he sat playing with the graceful kitten on the steps of the oddly painted wagon. On the third morning of the wanderer's stay in Ulthar, Meanies could not find his kitten, and he sobbed aloud in the marketplace, Certain villagers told him of the old man and his wife, and left the sounds they heard in the night. And when he heard these things, his sobbing gave place to meditation, and finally to prayer. He stretched out his arms towards the sun and prayed in a tongue no villager could understand. Though indeed, the villagers did not try very hard to understand, since their attention was mostly taken up by the sky and the odd shapes the clouds were assuming. It was very peculiar. But as the little boy uttered his petition, there seemed to form overhead the shadowy, nebulous figures of exotic things. of hybrid creatures crowned with horn-flanked discs. Nature is full of such illusions to impress the imaginative. That night, the wanderers left Ulthar, and were never seen again. And the householders were troubled when they noticed that in all the village, there was not a cat to be found. From each hearth the familiar cat had vanished. Cats large and small. Black, grey, striped, yellow, white. Old Cranon, the burgomaster, swore that the folk had taken all the cats away in revenge for the killing of Meany's kitten and cursed the caravan and the little boy. But Nith, the lean notary, declared that the old cotter and his wife were more likely persons to suspect for their hatred of cats was notorious and increasingly bold. Still, no one durst complain to the sinister couple. Even when little Atal, the innkeeper's son, vowed that at twilight he had seen all of the cats of Ulthar in that accursed yard under the trees, pacing very slowly and solemnly in a circle around the cottage, to your breast, as if in performance of some unheard-of rite of beasts. The villagers did not know how much to believe from such a small boy. And though they feared that the evil power had charmed the cats to their death, they preferred not to chide the old cotter till they met him outside, his dark and repellent yard. So, Lothar went to sleep in vain anger. And when the people awakened at dawn, behold, every cat was back at its accustomed hearth. Large and small, black, grey, striped, yellow and white. Not one was missing. Very sleek and fat did the cats appear, sonorous with purring content. The citizens talked with one another of the affair and marvelled not a little. Old Cranon again insisted that it was the folk who had taken him, since cats did not return alive from the cottage of the ancient man and his wife. But all agreed on one thing, that the refusal of all of the cats to eat their portions of meat or drink their saucers of milk was exceedingly curious, and for two whole days the sleek, lazy cats of Ulthar would touch no food, but only doze by the fire or in the sun. It was fully a week before the villagers noticed that no lights were appearing at dusk in the windows of the cottage under the trees. Then the lean nith remarked that no one had seen the old man or his wife. Since the night the cats were away. In another week, the burgomaster decided to overcome his fears and call up the strangely silent dwelling as a matter of duty. Though, in so doing, he was careful to take with him Shang the blacksmith and foul cutter of stone, as witnesses. And when they had broken down the frail door, they found only this two cleanly picked human skeletons on the earthen floor. And a number of singular beetles crawling in the shadowy corners. There was subsequently much talk among the burgesses of Ulthar, Zath, and Coroner, disputed at length with Nith, the lean notary. And Cranon and Chang and Thal were overwhelmed with questions. Even little Atal, the innkeeper's son, was closely questioned and given a sweetmeat as a reward. They talked of the old Cotter and his wife, of the caravan of wanderers. A small meanies and his black kitten. It's the prayer of meanies, and of the sky during that prayer. Of the doings of the cats on the night the caravan left, and of what was later found in the cottage under the dark trees in the repellent yard. And in the end, the Burgesses pass at the remarkable law, which is told of by traders in Hatheg, and discussed by travellers in near. Namely, that Nanothar No man may kill a cat. An important lesson, indeed. I can see, though. Your eyes betray you. And you're ready to sleep. As before, the guest room's been prepared for you. Down the hallway. Second door to the left. Good night, my friend. And I hope you dream sweet dreams. You deserve that.